Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number three of Revelation chapter five. And we're going to be looking at the first few verses. I'll start reading in verse one. And I saw on the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? And no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And we've been looking at this picture that God has given us as he is giving the Apostle John information concerning his throne in heaven. And the Lord is seated upon his throne he has in his right hand a book written within and without that is sealed with seven seals. Then a strong angel in verse 2 is proclaiming with a loud voice. The word proclaiming is this, a translation of the same Greek word that's often translated as preaching. So he is proclaiming or preaching with a loud voice. Who is worthy to open the book? and to loose the seals thereof. And no man in heaven or in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open a book, neither to look thereon. Well, let's take a look at this strong angel uh, before we continue looking at the rest of this information. Who is the strong angel that the Apostle John saw that was proclaiming with a loud voice, and proclaiming who is worthy, asking this question. And then there is a response given a little later in the chapter. And we find that the angel proclaiming this is God himself. It says in Revelation chapter 18, in verse 8, Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. And that word strong is the same word that is used to describe this angel or messenger. It is a strong angel. And of course, God is all-powerful, almighty. He is the omnipotent one, and he is strong. We, we also find in Revelation in chapter 10, in verse 1, uh, this statement, and I saw another mighty angel. The word mighty is the uh, translation of the same Greek word. And I saw another mighty or strong angel come down from heaven, clothed with a cloud, and a rainbow was upon his head, and his face was as it were the sun, and his feet as pillars of fire. Now there's no question who this strong angel is in in revelation 10 verse 1 it is the lord jesus christ 
He is the one that identifies with the rainbow in the Bible. He is the one that identifies with the Son as he is said to be the Son of Righteousness. And the Bible says in Psalm 84, verse 11, The Lord God is a sun, S-U-N, and a shield. And also Christ, as it states there, has his feet as pillars of fire. And the pillars of fire identify with the Lord Jesus experiencing the judgment of God, the wrath of God for the sake of his elect. And notice also in Revelation 10, the next verse, in verse 2, And he had in his hand a little book open, and he set his right foot upon the sea, and his left foot on the earth. Now, in our passage in Revelation 5, God is the one on the throne, in his right hand is a book that that is sealed. And in Revelation 10, this strong angel has in his hand a little book open. And there there is a difference uh, because this is said to be a little book. And I don't want to get into that right now. But the fact that it says it's open, actually, literally, uh, that should read having been opened. And he had in his hand a little book having been open. And where we're at in Revelation 5 and and uh, in the following chapters, we're going to see the opening of the book in the hand of God. Now, once God opens the book, the Bible, then it is open. And when we we read in Revelation 10, about a little book having been open, it is therefore referring to the Bible during the Great Tribulation or during the Day of Judgment because that is the only time the Bible has been open. Otherwise, it would be sealed. But we're right now just trying to identify that strong angel and it clearly is the Lord Jesus. In Revelation 18, we read in verse 20, Rejoice over her, thou heaven, and ye holy apostles and prophets, for God hath avenged you on her. And a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence shall that great city Babylon be thrown down and shall be found no more at all. The mighty angel is judging Babylon, and Babylon here is a picture of the world. Now, God hasn't assigned that task for for an angel to perform. God is the judge. Christ is the judge. Jesus is the mighty angel that uh, is condemning Babylon, that is bringing the judgment upon the world at the time of the end. Well, let's go back to Revelation 5, and we see in verse 2 that the strong angel is Christ. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? And no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, 
was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. You know, we've always realized, God's people have, that we need God to understand the Bible. That without God, apart from God, there would be no proper understanding of the Scripture. And this verse is confirming that truth. No man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth. You you can't find a man anywhere that will be able, that will have the ability or the power or the authority to open up the book. No man is able to even open the book to remove the seven seals that God has placed upon it. And remember what God says in a few places in the Bible. What he has shut, no man can open. And he shut up his word, the scripture. And as he said to Daniel, seal up the word, O Daniel, till the time of the end. And then knowledge will increase because at the time of the end, it would be unsealed. And and that would imply that the people of God would understand it. Well, first of all, that they would read it, that they then would be able to understand it and and to comprehend it. But all the time it was sealed up, no one had any ability to understand the things of the Bible. And, you know, God tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and he's speaking of his word in verse 9, For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. And this is a true declaration concerning the entire church age, the people of God in, in the churches, uh, Christians, whether they were saved or unsaved, just like the uh, wheat and the tares, all men slept, it says in Matthew 13's parable. And uh, Isaiah 29 indicates that it is as though men sleep when a book is sealed. And this means that all during the church age, those in the churches had partial understanding and they declared what they understood. Therefore, they prophesied in part, partially. They, they had some things correct. They were, they were given some truth, uh, concerning the Lord Jesus, concerning the gospel of the Bible. But there was much that was not given them that was not revealed to them because it was not the time. It, you have to wait till the time of the end. Now, why did God do that? We asked that question in our last study. Well, God had his own purposes, his own reasons. Of course, it is um, extremely wise of him. We know that because he does everything wisely. He does everything with infinite wisdom and and so it was um 
according to the wisdom of God, that he would only reveal partial truth. Now, one reason we can quickly see why it would be necessary for the Lord to seal up, to close up, shut up information about the time of the end. Information, therefore, which would deal with the the end of the church age, the Great Tribulation, which would deal with the date for Judgment Day, which would deal with a period of time uh, in the Day of Judgment, which we're now in. And and Christ indicates in the Gospel of John, in John 16, that he had many things further to communicate with his people, but he would not do so at that point because he did not want them to be burdened. Let me read this verse because it's it's very helpful. In John 16, in verse 12, I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. Now, God is concerned about the burden that he would place upon his people if he gave all the information at once, if if he um, just wrote it um, in in more plain language, or or if he opened up his people's understanding, he opened their eyes to these truths early on. If Christ would have explained them early on to to the disciples, and the disciples explain it to those that followed them and so on. Well, then they would be carrying a burden of knowledge. Oh, we we will be here for centuries. It's only the first century, and the time of the end will not come until the 20th century when the Great Tribulation begins, and the actual end of the world will not occur until the 21st century. And, oh, oh my, what a burden, not only... Do they have to carry the burden of living the Christian life? But that uh, expectation that God did allow in uh, Christians, his people, to uh, hold to in their partial understanding, that perhaps the Lord will come in my lifetime. Perhaps the Lord will come in my generation or my son's generation. Yes, God permitted that, even though... It was incorrect in order not to overly burden his people. But here Jesus says in John sixteen thirteen, How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. And there God lays down his end time program. It's very similar. As the Lord said to Daniel, hundreds of years before the coming of Christ, go your way, Daniel. The word is sealed up till the time of the end. Well, now in the first century A.D., Jesus is basically saying the same thing to the disciples. I have many things to say to you. But not now, because I do not want to overburden you, but go your way 
and and the Spirit will come. The Holy Spirit will come and show you all truth. And when would that be? Would it be in Acts 2, at the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at, at, on the day of Pentecost to begin the church age? No, there there was not all truth revealed at that time, but it would come at the time of the end. As we read in Mark chapter 13, in verse 10, it says, And the gospel must first be published among all nations, but when they shall lead you and deliver you up, take no thought beforehand what ye shall speak, neither do ye premeditate. But whatsoever shall be given you in that hour, that speak ye. For it is not ye that speak, but the Holy Ghost. Now there again, Jesus is saying that the Holy Ghost will speak. But when is the Holy Ghost going to speak? In that hour. And the hour identifies with the Great Tribulation, which is typified by one hour. It is really amazing. In in Mark 13, in the verse we just read, how the God of the Bible, who encourages the reader to study, diligently to study, to show yourself approved, the workman that needeth not to be ashamed, the, the same God that says, meditate upon these things, give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear unto all. The same God that encourages us to read, to give attendance to reading, to continue to seek the truth, to pray for wisdom, and to study, study, study. And how could it be that God says in verse 11, Take no thought beforehand what ye shall speak, neither do ye premeditate concerning the end of the world in that hour the Lord is giving admonishment. Don't think about it beforehand. Do not premeditate. And and just about everyone did not hearken to God concerning this instruction. Uh, all those in the churches and congregations, they continued to try and figure out the time of the end. And and they developed scenarios and they developed the end time commentaries and and eschatology was developed by all sorts of individuals. This is what the Bible teaches about the end. And many of them differed from one another. They were all saying uh, contradicting things and all of them without fail. It, it is really incredible how wrong all of them are and were in the things that they developed concerning the teaching of the Bible and the end of the world. And they were wrong because they could not know. That's why the Lord says here, don't take any thought beforehand uh, what you shall speak, nor premeditate concerning the great tribulation, concerning his coming. Because 
the Bible was sealed. And no matter how studious, no matter how intelligent, no matter how learned anyone could be, remember what Isaiah 29 said about the the learned man? Uh, let me just refer to that because God puts it better than anyone could. In Isaiah 29, in verse uh, 11, And the vision of all is become unto you as the words of a book that is sealed which men deliver to one that is learned, saying, Read this, I pray thee. And he saith, I cannot, for it is sealed. And the book is delivered to him that is not learned, saying, Read this, I pray thee. And he saith, I am not learned. No, no man could read the book that is sealed. Who can read a book that is sealed? And if you can't open it to read it, you certainly cannot comprehend it. You cannot know it. And and that is the Lord's point. So wait until the time of the end, that hour. And as it says again in Mark thirteen eleven, Whatsoever shall be given you in that hour, that speak ye, for it is not ye that speak, but the Holy Ghost. How is that possible? God is telling us what we receive in that hour, we are to speak. But what we say is not coming from us, but it's coming from the Holy Ghost. Now, first of all, since he's referring to the hour of great tribulation, when it comes at the end of the world, long after the Bible was completed, how can the Holy Ghost speak? Because the the Bible is clear that God will not break the barrier of the supernatural. He will not add unto his word or subtract from his word. He will not give a dream or a vision or divine revelation in any form. So how can he speak? And what he speaks, he will give us and we are to speak. And then we're to realize it's not us that really did the speaking, but the Holy Ghost. How can God do that? Well, the answer is actually not that difficult. In 1 Corinthians 2, we we read this verse that explains God's end-time program, and it tells us exactly how he intends to give information to his people in the time of the hour of great tribulation when the Bible is unsealed, and how they are then to speak it, and how also it is... Uh, evidently from him and and that he takes full responsibility for what is being said in first corinthians 2 it says in verse 13 which things also we speak well there there it is again it's the child of god that is opening his mouth and talking and and speaking and declaring things which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. And, and that is the solution to Mark 13, 11, that God will, um, will have his people as he moves within them to will and do of his good pleasure, to approach the Bible in the way that he has instructed them to approach, 
the the methodology God has laid out for them. Compare Scripture with Scripture, spiritual things with spiritual things. And as you do so, and as you are carefully going about that here a little and there a little, you will come to truth and understandings because at the proper time, at the time of the end, I will take the seals off of the book, the Bible, all seven of them at once, and now suddenly the Bible will be an open book. It will be as though you can read it and understand it and comprehend it, and you will know. The wise will understand. None of the wicked will understand, but the wise will understand. And as God says in so many places, as he says in that verse in Ecclesiastes chapter 8, in verse 5, Whoso keepeth the commandment shall feel no evil thing, and a wise man's heart discerneth both time and judgment. Now we... Uh, by God's grace, have discerned the time of the great tribulation. We can lay it out. And we've discerned the time of judgment days beginning on May 21, 2011. And now we're discerning judgment. The nature of the judgment of the day of judgment. God is giving his people that understanding and ability to comprehend and to realize what he has done and and so we're at the time of the end the seals are off the book the bible and now we are able to read and understand what no previous generations have been able to uh to understand and and it has nothing to do with intelligence it has nothing to do with diligence it has uh, those things factor in but it's not because of them it's only a result of living at the time of the end that's where we are we're living in the day of judgment and living in the time when the bible is now open and and this is actually uh, a wonderful time and it was necessary for God to do this so that he could open the scriptures to reveal, for instance, the end of the church age to get his people outside of the churches to send forth the gospel from that position in order to save a great multitude of sinners in the world apart from the churches and congregations and and God in his wisdom, has uh, decided to work things out this way. And now we find we're, we're coming down to the last few details for him to reveal, the last few uh, bits of information that have been closed up and sealed. Uh, even though all the seals were off at once at the beginning of the Great Tribulation, it has been God's program and his pleasure to reveal the truths here 
and and there as we have gone along, gone deeper into the great tribulation and now into the day of judgment. 